Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of the VR Download, recorded live here at the Upload VR Studios. We are going to talk about Half-Life. Alex has been announced by Valve. Uh, Pretty excited about this. Uh, We're going to spend a few minutes talking about this here. Um, So basically what we know is that Valve has the Half-Life series. A new game is coming out. A new. It's not Half-Life 3, though. It's actually going to be uh, Half-Life. It takes place between Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2, so it's yep. Half-Life 1 and a half. It's 1 and a Half-Life. That's what this is. 1 and a Half-Life. <laughs> one and a half-life. That's what this is. Is that one of the zingers uh, you said you had prepared for this? <laughs> yes. Okay, See, well, that's one. We're one down, everyone. That's one. That's one. <laughs> So uh, Valve has announced it, put out the trailer. Um, We're going to show the trailer here in in a few seconds, but it's coming out March 2020. Yep. um, And it is a Half-Life game exclusively for VR. It is not going to be played screeners, pancake players. I'm sorry. It's only going to be in VR. So that means you're going to have to get a uh, VR headset to play this game, to consume this game. Uh, let's just start this conversation. Okay. So go ahead and introduce yourself, Jamie. I'm Alex from Half-Life. <laughs> he, he is no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm Jamie. Hello. I'm Jamie, senior reporter. Uh, thing. Senior. What's my, what's my job title? Senior, senior editor, editor, I think. Senior. Editor. That's the one where you're yeah. really important. That's... I'm really important. Yeah. You can't remember? Is that one? Senior, senior moment, editor. Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Harry, introduce yourself, sir. Hello, everyone. I'm Harry. Uh, I'm a news writer for Upload VR. Um, recently started here in Australia. And over to Ian Hamilton, a managing editor. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I remembered so, my title. That's good. Well hey. done. That's why you're the managing editor and I'm the senior yes. uh, editor. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Ian, kick us off here. What what do we what do we think about all this? Oh boy. Yeah, there's so I've just consumed all this along with everyone else out there. Uh, I've had a little bit of an advance uh time to process it a little bit more than everyone mm. else. Mm. Um so uh, just watch the uh, the roundtable where they really went into depth onto things like you know why they didn't make this a Half Life Three, why they had to build this for VR. And just uh, sorry, the, just to be just to be clear, that roundtable is Jeff Keeley speaking with a bunch. Did we crash? We crashed. Half Life. We're back. So yeah, there are okay. multiple types of controllers. All, all the tracked controllers, as long as your controllers can be tracked like my hands are right now using the oculus touch controllers you can play half-life alex and the 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 thing that you have to get from the trailer the thing you have to get from everything about this is it's really not possible to translate this and everything you can do with it Mm. back to a mouse and keyboard there's just too Mm. many things that they've figured out that you can do with a pair of hands that can move in 3d space a head that can move separately from your hands and that's why they built it for vr and that's why it's time for people to get tracked hand controllers yeah basically Mm. Uh, do do we do we think that this is going to work uh with the quest pass-through hand tracking at some point i mean is that too high in the sky that's pretty ridiculous i don't think so no i think there's too much that they've got to they've got to pair up the haptic feedback 
pulling a trigger, um, you know, they, they've got to have haptic feedback there, I think, on some level for it to be mm. doable. I, mm. I suppose maybe someone plus, will try to hack it, maybe. Yeah. I mean, plus we don't know if, if, if that hand tracking will work with Link right yet. That's not a... We have no idea how that works with with Link, whether because there's no and we don't even know if the hand yeah. tracking's coming to Rift. I mean, I guess if it does come to Rift, then maybe it'll work via Link. I don't know, but yeah. we don't even know that yet. So I feel like that's that's a whole other level that we don't know yet. But, yeah. yeah, would be awesome. Though. Would be very cool. I want yeah. to point people to Bone Boneworks, right? I think Boneworks yep. is probably the only thing that you can get your hands on prior to Alex actually releasing to get some of the the true immersion and physical realism that mm-hmm. you can get out of, out of tracked hand controllers, because it seems like there's very similar design ideas there of, of unlocking all the things, you know, making everything around you interactable and letting yep. you push it and mess with it and, and do everything you want with it. And uh, Boneworks looks like it's going to be the closest thing you can get your hands on prior to, to Alex. So, so it's interesting in that point, right? If you look at the trailers that we've seen for Boneworks, and there are many, many, many trailers now, lots and lots of footage out there for that game, that is very much a sandbox, a physics sandbox, right? Um, mm. The entire point of that game is like a lot of the trailers have, you open a chest and there's a thousand different types of weapons you could pick up and you handle realistically and you know you learn the ins and outs of them. And then you go off and you kill enemies how you want to kill them, you traverse levels how you want to traverse them, you you know you have fun inside that world that sandbox that they built for you right to me looking at the trailer for this game what they've done is then taken uh the physics that you see in boneworks and then given all of it context in terms of you know this this universe that you know so many people love and mm. these mechanics that are kind of let's say intrinsic or native to the themes of half-life right like so we saw stuff like um Alex was rummaging around a desk and just pushing items out of the way. We've like, in, like, granted it's a trailer and we don't, you know, we haven't been hands on ourselves to see how accurate all of this will be. But like the level of detail there, detail there, and the accuracy when she's pushing stuff around is absolutely incredible. I would, I haven't seen anything like that in a VR game before. Um, uh, so I got to ask, did 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 you did anyone else out there jump when the head crab jumped at you in the trailer? Oh yeah. Oh god, hundred yeah. percent. I, and it, it was also incredible. dark outside for me because yeah. it's like 5 a.m. here. <laughs> and so I'm just sitting there like at 5 a.m. in the dark and the head crab just comes straight at the, I was like, yeah, no, yeah. definitely a bit of a jump so, scare. I want to go back mm. to the hands and really explain them because I figure we've got an audience out there of a lot of them are very savvy VR owners. But this is a, a very unusual moment in the VR market where there's a, probably a lot of people looking for info about VR headsets that have no idea mm. yep. what's going on. So. What I want to explain here is I've got an Oculus Touch controller in my hand. This is their version of a of a six-doff track controller. So my hand, I move my hand around. I'm holding this controller in my hand. So I've got it resting against my palm. And if I use my middle finger here, I can basically move all three of my fingers here that's that's mm. the limits of what the Oculus Touch controllers can do is they because they more or less pressing- stop you're pressing a grip button when you do that, when you move mm, your a there's a middle finger. Yeah, there's one button on this controller that moves all three fingers in my hand. The index controllers, those are the Valve index controllers, they don't have that button. What they have is a grip area all along the inside of the controller. 
and those controllers strap around the palm and around the knuckles, and you can release the controllers from your hands. So you can hold your, your, your hands out and just leave an open palm and feel like you're not actually holding a controller. Every other controller on the market right now, you have to feel like you're actively holding something in your hand. Yeah. And there is a big difference there that if you're going to want to go into Half-Life Alex for two, three hours at a time, you're going to get tired of holding these things in your hand. But you don't have to do that with the index controllers. You just release your fingers and be there in your simulated space and forget that you've got something strapped to your hands. Mm. Plus, you get all that other, all those other interactions and, and whatnot that are optional, right? But they also yeah, only yeah. work with the index. And with the so five-finger exclusive... tracking, there's lots. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. They said they Valve said to us in an email before the game was revealed that there are exclusive interactions in the game, and I mean, obviously there are exclusive interactions in terms of there's you know um, finger tracking like Ian's talking about, but I would imagine that translates to maybe something like maybe we can communicate to some characters in the game through finger tracking, or you know mm. maybe like there's. Uh, something a little more intricate than a thumbs up because every every VR controller can do a thumbs up. But something <laughs> like those lines that uh, um, might be exclusive to the index controllers. Maybe I, whether that, that will end up being I don't know a thousand dollars worth of exclusivity. We'll see. But um, that's a really interesting. Well, it's like uh, nine forty of exclusivity now, right? Or uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, well, the other thing that that uh, I noticed, you know quite recently is that you just have to buy the index controllers to get half-life so they're they're yes, also even know, really yeah. yeah it's not the full headset you can get it with just the controllers so if you've so, got the htc vive you can upgrade just to the index controllers for i think it's 279 mm. is how they're priced yeah them. and then yeah. that's more or less like a 60 dollar discount so it's bringing those controllers down closer to 200 dollars, which is still a hefty price tag but, yeah it really is uh Again, for for just the best possible feeling of immersion, and uh, the 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 interactions they specifically mentioned were crushing cans, and that sounds like such a silly mm. thing, but like when you've got that grip along the inside of the index controllers, and you can kind of squeeze lightly to crunch it a little bit, or mm. squeeze hard to crunch the can really uh, fast, and how that however they use the haptics, all the uh, however, they use the haptics to sort of make that vibration feel in your hand feel realistic could really be mind blowing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Ian, that's a good uh, it's a good component to segue into the cost of mm. you know because you're talking about how important some people may find these individual index controllers. Uh, is it worth the extra price mm. to do that? Like, how many people right now are going? OMG, I want Half-Life VR. I already have a good computer, but I need a headset. Which one do I get? Which yeah, one do I get? Question. Which controller do I have? There's a lot of stuff in chat about that. People saying I have, you know, Rift or I have this or whatever. Yeah. What's the kind of best option? Okay, well, wow, that's a big, <laughs> that's, that's a big one to unpack. <laughs> it is, so, I know. But I think it's right. the elephant in the room, the virtual elephant in the room. It is. Yeah. And so we've, we've talked about this. We've been unfolding this over the last couple of weeks, talking about the different options out there. Um, God, there's so many things to unpack. I'm going to talk about <laughs> IPD first, right? Okay, so there's the distance between your eyes, and it's different for every person, right? So there, the distance between your eyes is different for every face shape, and some headsets adjust the length, the, the spacing of the panels inside the display 
to match up just right with where your eyes are. The index has the most comfortable fitting for my face that I can find on the market. I can go into uh, an index for two hours at a time, come out, and my head feels fine. I don't have a headache. I feel great. That doesn't happen in any other VR headset. Right now, I'm wearing a Rift S, and that does not have the same uh, display adjustment. It doesn't adjust that way. I have to do that with software. So I go into the settings of my Oculus app and tell it, this is how far apart my eyes are, and it adjusts all the software to reflect that. Um, other people you wear Quest and love Quest because it's wireless, but mm. you're... Have a you have a very front heavy device there that weighs down the front of your head because it's got a battery, processors, all that stuff in the headset, and then you might get a headache in a few minutes. The great thing about the Quest though is it has that lens separation, so you can adjust yeah. it to fit for, for a, a wider variety of faces. So there's three or four different things that I just went into there really quickly that can dramatically change how comfortable this is for whatever length of time. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for my money, I'm going to go with saying quest is a great first timers VR headset and index is a great headset for people that really want the best possible experience they can have. Someone you know? interestingly just brought up in comments, they're saying, you know, people talking about whether the Rift S will be, uh, you know, a good option. And um, someone's brought up that, you could use the you could use the savings of, of buying a Rift S and the extra savings you have left over of not buying an index to buy a better GPU and therefore get better mm. performance in game, which I guess is something else you have to consider depending on what uh, computer you have, obviously, and what specs you have. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to, ways to split the cost, right? I was saying on Twitter yeah. earlier today, like, why don't you buy a Quest now, enjoy all in one VR for the next six months, and then when Half Life comes out. Get the PC you need PC, to play it, you know. Use Link. Then you split it in two ways, which is obviously still a very expensive proposition, but at least yeah. that way you're you're splitting the costs a little. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I noticed if you go to the Steam page, the minimum spec for this game oh. is not actually that bad. Uh, it says a uh, uh, you know GTX 1050 uh, oh, okay. or higher, or I didn't it was see that. 1060. It was either 1050 or 1060. Whatever it was, it was really low. I was actually really surprised. Now, you know, a, a year ago, that would have been considered a little bit higher end. But nowadays, I mean, mm-hmm. ten, it's not that bad. An i5 with, you know, a, a thousand series GTX video card. Uh, w- w- what do we think is actually going to be? Do you think that that minimum spec is going to give us, you know, uh, Minecraft level graphics, and then if you have like a 2080 <laughs> Ti, it's going to be Half Life Minecraft. Know, pretty sure that exists somewhere. <laughs> Half Life Minecraft. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure oh, someone's no. made a mod. If there's a mod, there's a Minecraft mod for everything. But no, sorry, go on. Yeah, but what, what do you? I mean, Jamie, what what are you sporting right now on your computer? What is your video card? Uh, so I'm very fortunate to have a 1080, um, which I guess these yeah, days is same boy. Yeah, Woo. I feel like in some ways like starting to show its age but also in other ways like not it's probably gonna be good for a couple more years at the very least right um i think it's interesting i think if it is i would imagine it was probably a 1060 uh, um and in that case i would imagine you know obviously you're not going to be getting the level of visuals you see in that trailer i mean I, I was just playing stormland earlier this month and you know uh when i live streamed people asked me to 
go through the different graphics options and the amount it changes from low to ultra is just insane. But it's still incredibly playable on a low setting, right? And I think that's that must have been a really important thing to Valve with this is to say, you know, just as they're saying, okay, you can play it with our premium $1,000 headset, you can play it with the, you know, $400 Rift or even, you know, the point we've been making that you can play it with a $200 uh, Windows VR headset if you really want, if you have to go for the absolute cheapest option. I think that's going to be really important to them on the PC front as well, is to say, you don't need a $1,000 PC to get into the game. You can get something that maybe costs, I don't know, $400, $500, and you're playing, you know, the next entry in the Half-Life series, which is absolutely crazy, really. That's a, I mean, I think, you know, it gets a lot of hate online. It's been getting a lot of hate online, but I feel like that's a really... And the game, you know, like, compelling right. point. Like that's the other thing. It's you still get all that kind of cool in index controller stuff aside. You still get all the cool uh, quirks of it being in VR, and doesn't really you just all you're doing is adjusting the graphics. Then so you still get all those cool, uh, you know, all the cool kind of yeah. new things. Especially if you haven't experienced VR before, like what a way to start. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. like, jumping right in the that. deep end there. You're like, jumping the, right in the deep end. Yeah, it's it's almost like. And I mean, I, I don't want to get too much into hyperbole because, you know, obviously the game's not out. And again, we haven't played it. We don't want to we don't want to overhype it too much, although I'm sure we'll be covering it plenty in the next six months. But uh, <laughs> we're going to overhype it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to overhype it. <laughs> yeah. It's already overhyped. <laughs> um, does that mean that then these these three years have been like the early adopter years for VR and and, and this marks the release, uh, the start of not the early adopter phase like. The, the implications are really, really fascinating, I think. Like, so, watching that trailer, well, watching that trailer, the, the consideration that was going into so many things in that trailer that have been built upon on the last three years of VR mechanics, when you look at stuff like Boneworks, when you look at stuff like, uh, even in terms of, like, teleportation locomotion, there's stuff like budget cuts, which made a lot of strides. Um, there's hot dogs, uh, hand grenades uh, what Ian finished Horses. the title for me Horseshoes, thank you um, which is a game that has spent three years in early access you know, learning the minutiae if you will, of like individual weapon handling and I feel like watching that trailer you were seeing a lot of that funneled into, like again like I said, context, this story driven, what people are promising to be, you know, a plus 10, maybe plus 15 hour story-driven experience in a universe they love. Like, like you know, nothing comes mm. close to Half-Life when it comes, you know, when you talk uh, about, like, how legendary yeah. a series is. Apart from, like, Zelda. Like, maybe that's the one series yeah, that yeah. compares on that front. And so, that you know, there it's a so really, many really big deal. That, like, there are so, sorry, there are just so many people that, like, who I've not talked to about VR who in the last, like, day have just, like yeah. I've been talking to them again, like people I knew in high school who like I'm kind of in contact with still. And then the, the, you know, the discord's just going off, even though it's like VI, everyone's kind of talking about the fact that it's half-life, like regardless, like it's I, kind of, it is bringing yeah. a lot of attention. I, yeah. I, I, I want to, I want to bring up that. Uh, I, I've had that same reaction where I've, I've had people reach out to me and, and sort of waking up to, Oh yeah, VR is an, of interest to me again. What do I get? And mm. so that goes back to that previous question. And uh, I think the, the thing I have to reinforce for anyone out there who has not had a recent VR experience or tried a recent VR headset, there is absolutely no replacement for hands-on experience with the headset on your actual body. 
to give you a real impression of what this is going to be like over the long term. You do not want to like if your budget is ranging from, you know, $300 up to a thousand, if you could afford that range in various things, you've got to go out there and get multiple demos of multiple headsets and play them mm. for at least half an hour and get, you know, do all the adjustments to your face. You know, uh, there's most, most of these headsets have multiple straps, multiple knobs in order to adjust them to your head. You've got to go and get the fitting right, then spend at least half an hour and get a feel for how it feels on your head, how your body mm. feels. And try to do that in an app like Beat Saber that doesn't artificially move you through space. Yeah, yeah. Just, some, yeah. just some comments here. Um, so we've got Chaos Ante. One thing about the game I'm not happy about are those floating hands. After Asgard's Wrath and Stormland, mm. I'm just done with floating hands. Then, you know, some people are saying, like John's saying, uh, I need more of my friends to get headsets, and this could absolutely help, which I think mm. is very true. Yeah. And then someone mm -hmm. else has noted that the new Steam VR logo, uh, This because I think that was at the beginning of the trailer, and they're saying, more games are coming then i guess so that's an interesting point as well the the uh so we, you know go ahead. sorry the the floating hands thing is really interesting right because i feel like that's a very oculus driven initiative in that like a year ago we had an oculus exclusive called from other sons um and that had as an avatar your full body in it and was doing you know using whatever algorithms it had come up with to do the best job it could do representing your arms in vr and it was a little janky but asgard's wrath and stormland have had another year on top of that and i you know i only have to assume between oculus studios there is some sort of sharing of that kind of code or whatever i might be entirely wrong but based on the strength of what i see i, I would assume that's the case um they have incredible body and arm tracking and it you have to wonder if it's a case of Oculus has access to that technology and it's, you know, it's researched and refined that itself and Valve doesn't get to play ball with that maybe, or maybe, you know, maybe Valve well, does have, please. Well, yeah, let's talk about the difference in approaches technologically speaking, right? So, uh, Valve's Steam VR tracking technology uses base stations that you place mm. on your walls or mount to the top of a bookcase or something. And what those are, are spinning lasers and the headset and the system tracks the timing of the lasers to figure out where your body is in space. But the Oculus systems all feature cameras on the headsets that look out into the room, look for features of the room, and then figure out where your head is and your hands are relative to the other stuff in the room. Well, at Oculus Connect 6, Facebook showed that they could actually track your hands using those cameras, not just the controllers. And there's potentially a lot more that they could do using those cameras to find mm. the rest of your body or to find, you know, That's where your cool. couch is. They could tell you where your couch is and you go sit down on your couch really easily without having to take the headset off. Keep mm. in mind, though, Ian, that their, uh, their solution to not being able to see your hands is to just make them disappear. And they just go, okay, no more, no more hands. And then mm. they come back when oh, it realigns. Yeah, yeah. So if you're attached, if you have an arm that goes down to your body and all the way down, what disappears? Will it just be like yeah. severed hand, you know, arms with no hands on it, or it, does the whole body disappear? It's a so great there's some point. challenges there. Getting it from wrong, a development standpoint. Yeah, if if you get it wrong, it can feel really gross, and and yeah. you know your your body feels weird if if it goes too wrong, like. 
that's one of the problems with the void, right? The void yeah. uses if you go to a void where you can see Star Wars or uh, what is it, Ghostbusters or Ralph is there one? Ralph, yeah. Um, Manji, yeah. They have overhead cameras that track where you're moving, and they've got uh, some some advanced stuff there. But like that's the thing people notice is you've got four people in a very small space, and they can block each other, and they can block their views of the cameras. And the moment your arm, you know, flies this way when you didn't act, you didn't actually do that. You you go what? That's that's Super not strange. right. Yeah, yeah, I've had that with other location-based stuff. It's funny. There's a lot of the, the comments are completely uh, mixed. Some people are really don't mind the floating hands. Some people are like, I don't mind them, but I do think that you get more immersion when you actually feel like you have a body. Mm. Some people are saying I don't mind it because then, oh, it gets in the way when you crouch down and whatever. If you have a full body, because then you've got to calculate, you know, obviously the body moving when you move. The IK, uh, the inverse be. kinematics. It's if if you have bad inverse kinematics. I mean, I have seen it where like elbows or I mean, you can't see my elbows, but I'm flipping my elbows up in the air <laughs> like I'm a duck trying to fly away. It, yeah. it, you just get weird motion, motion you know. Uh, it, there's just no perfect solution. There's so many more full body tracking. As as, yeah. And yeah. So it, that like leads into this interesting point also of like, you know, what other middle grounds is Valve reaching in this game? And that's a very interesting point because when Valve started out in VR, you know, they were the pioneers of room scale technology, of VR technology, where you put on the headset and you can walk around an entire room because those base stations track you know, a pretty wide area. So if you have the space in your house or if you're at an event or something like that, you have a pretty decent space to physically walk around in VR. And for a long time, Valve, you know, that was kind of like a, man a mantra, if you will. Like, that was the way Valve, um, so Valve's own games and Valve's, let's say, mentored games, things like, I don't know, in, in, to some degree, like Job Simulator, were really uh, going about development, right? They were focusing on that square you moved around and I think for the longest time, you know, based on, on what I've heard, that there was this belief that whatever Valve released next would be a teleport-only room-scale game. And so it's really interesting to see that in this, you know, really great new website that they've put up today, they confirm that you can move smooth locomotion in VR, which is not something I, I don't think we've seen that in a Valve VR app yet. That, so that's, mm. you know, very significant. And it's also not just room-scale. It supports uh, standing and sitting, too. So... There's, you know, there's, there's also a lot of Valve, you know, kind of coming to terms with the demands of current VR players here, which is really interesting to see, I think. What was the other? There was, there was, because it's teleport, right? And there's smooth. And then wasn't there a third as well? Yeah. Which I don't, I didn't so fully understand. It, they call it shift. I, I think of it as dash, but it's, so it's, you still point to where you would go, like, um, like with teleport, yeah. but instead of like the screen then fading to black and you appearing, where you'll oh, be like next moves. it kind of like dashes there like the screen just right goes like yeah, that yeah gotcha and yeah. you know like so, so i think some people see that as a nice kind of midway you don't lose sight of the world yeah. you have context of how you got there um i don't know how how will people be playing this game i'm going to be playing with smooth locomotion i'd imagine um what about you guys teleport i'm going to be thumbsticking it i mean that's what i'm okay. going to be doing you say teleport oh yeah really you can't use smooth at all really oh no I always make myself <laughs> sick really fast. The thing that gets okay. Me, so the those sticks when you use them right, like as long as you're going back and forward, I'm okay. But the moment I start using the other way to sort of artificially rotate, the, a lot of the a lot of the game, VR games out there have a uh, what do they call it? Um, 
where you only move Snap in 10. like 15 degrees. Yeah. Snap. So you only, yeah. so you only move in very, like very quickly. Set you angles. just press a button and you go 15 degrees to the left or to yeah. the right. That helps a little bit, but, um, the moment that you turn snap turning off and you just smoothly turn is I'll be out of VR in five minutes. And I think, I think there's a lot of people <laughs> out there that like introduce you're, you're, you've, you've gotten sick in VR before and you've been turned off by it for a couple of years. You don't want to be playing that way. Yeah. 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 So we've got a lot of comments here. People are saying a lot of people are saying smooth. Some people are saying, uh, I saw one saying teleport locomotion is so 2017. Hey, so, let's uh, call it. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. sorry. Yeah. Actually, there are dozens of us. <laughs> yes. We got, let's look, we got Greg, um, Greg saying smooth loco. Hussein saying smooth loco. KS Nante saying smooth locomotion. Stormons was the same. Took a while, uh, to get used to, but when it clicked, it was amazing. And then, yeah, mm. Luna, I prefer smooth also. So there's lots, I think the general consensus in the chat is smooth locomotion, but I mean, the, I guess the good thing is you have options, right? And you have, all the different ways you can play, they're not locking you into one thing. Mm. I mean, I guess like for me too, it's like, like you said, you can do snap turning, but for me, it's good. I can, I've got to the point where I can use smooth locomotion to actually go through the world, but I still use my head to turn and mm. don't use any kind of snap or, you know, smooth turning. And that's okay for me. So I guess it just depends, but it's good that all options are there. We should, the main thing, I think. We should mention though, that the tether is really limiting there for movement, right? Cause if you're true, using true. a quest, you can rotate your body in 360 degrees much more comfortably mm without having to think about that cord on the ground and you're tripping over it. So, yeah. Yeah. I spent about an hour playing Stormland the other day and you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I should have my hand, you know, I'm climbing up walls and stuff and I'm looking mm. around and I'm thinking to myself, wow, like this would really make somebody who wasn't comfortable with VR yep. a little nauseous, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. without slowly getting into it. It's a, it's a buildup thing. You got to get used to it. But the thing is we've been dealing with that with games for a long time when 3d engines started coming in to play. I mean, I remember my, my, my father played Wolfenstein 3d, the old OG Wolfenstein. But when doom came out, he was nope and out of it. He couldn't handle doom. It was just mm, too much yeah. and he still can't do it. I, I had no problem with it, and I've moved on through games. There's going to be people who need to either build up their VR legs yeah. or they're going to need to just accept that uh, using things like Snap and Teleport and stuff is if, the solution. If you mm, if you yeah. play a game like Halo on too big a screen too close, there are plenty of people yeah. that can get sick from that. <laughs> it's true. Mm -hmm. Very true. They, mm -hmm. they just don't play the game anymore. They're, they're turned away. And so it's really unfortunate if if that's what VR I, does. It's Yeah. Just I quickly. Think the, the, oh, no, good for Another question that I think is a good one that I want to point out before it, it scrolls away. So it's from Kay Asante, and it's probably one that you want to answer, Jamie. They said, so I have a different question. I only started Half-Life with two. Is it now worth playing Half-Life 1 in 2019? I saw the quest mod for it, but I'm not sure it's worth it, which I think is a relevant question. Given uh, yeah, I think you should, games. you should absolutely play Half-Life 1 however you can play it. It is a game that still holds up incredibly well. It, I mean, it changed... The video game industry in 1998 it changed first-person shooters in an incredible way and in some ways um half-life 2 is very much an expansion of that an evolution of the things that it laid down and in some ways the, the video game industry hasn't moved incredibly far from what half-life mm -hmm. one did and it's still incredibly smooth to play incredibly uh, incredibly organic to get through as an experience and yeah absolutely if you uh if you have a quest uh, someone did a great job 
uh, porting the game into Quest. Um, I think we have a couple of articles about that on the website. So, you know, if it's not the native way to play it, but if you want to try it in Quest uh, and try and play through Half-Life in VR, you can do that. So I absolutely think, you know, and also it's, you know, that, like whenever a sale comes around, you can get Half-Life for pennies yeah, these it's days. Yeah, so, so cheap. It's, it's I, I went to look at it on the Steam store and I think Half-Life 2 is, I think it was like, something like 15 Australian dollars. And I was like, I have seen that thing for about 70 cents on a Christmas. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, it goes it insanely right. cheap. Yeah. There's, there's, it goes very cheap. The other thing I wanted to say too, while we're on the point is like, cause you were saying before with, with this, this is, could be a big moment for, I guess, VR, right? Like as in the yeah. first three years of kind of early adopters. Now I kind of have some contextual knowledge about this, but am I right in assuming that with the other half-life games as well, it was, it was similar in that, um, they mark big points, right, for for technological advancements or for PC gaming or FPS. It's like it's kind of been a pattern, right? Whereas yeah. now it's funny after all this time we've got this next game and it's kind of might mark a new, uh, you know, forefront for VR in a similar way that it marked new forefronts in the past, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the guys at Eurogamer had a really good article the other day that said the headline was simply just a new Half Life would have to be VR, right? Because mm. Half Life, in some ways represents uh design and technological shifts in the gaming platform and you know arguably again i like i was saying like since half-life 2 there hasn't really been one of those um and even half-life 2 like i said was kind of an expansion on what the ground the groundwork that half-life 1 had already laid and you know and then it's a case of diminishing returns both half-life episode 1 and half-life episode 2 are really great games but they're not that kind of uh you know, like clear, precise, uh, defining moment for the gaming industry that Half-Life 2 yeah. and Half-Life 1 were. And yeah, so I do think, you know, a 12-year wait and then coming back to it in VR, it makes entire, like makes a lot of sense to me at the end of the day. Like, yeah, they could have gone on and made Half-Life 3 in the 12-year gap that it's been. Absolutely. But, you know, aside from, from some shiny new graphics, which... Half-Life 2, yeah, sure, looks dated, but you know it's still not a bad-looking game, even by today's standards. Um, mm. I feel like, yeah, like it, it kind of had to be VR. I shift. feel like it had yeah. to be VR. I feel like I should bring up that there's kind of like a uh, schedule or a, 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 there's a rhythm to the way the technology industry rolls out and changes over time. So mm. next year, at the end of next year, we're beginning the next phase of consoles, right? We've got the PS5 coming out, and that kind of kicks off the next phase of of consoles. And one of one of our questions, our ongoing questions for Valve, is whether we might ever see Alex run on a console system. And it's the, the only reason I think that question is unanswered right now is because we're at this transitional period in platforms and in platform rollout so sony's done an excellent job getting nearly five million psvr headsets out there it's the it's probably over by now um yeah it's it's sort of the the largest platform but uh it's feeling dated right you you've, they're mm. tracking is only 180 mm. degrees you've got to stay facing forward there's probably a, a very large percentage of those headsets that are collecting dust and have spiders burrowing inside of them <laughs> um <Ooh>. yeah not... <laughs> but it's so like index is sort of the beginning of the next phase hardware wise and those index yeah. controllers that give you all five finger tracking is kind of the next level of immersion 
And so there's there's a lot of underlying transitional stuff here, both hardware and software and platforms. Epic is rolling out here too, and you know there's there's competition for which storefront you're going to buy from. There's there's a lot of different mm. pressures from all these different, different ways. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Kaysante just said before. I just want to point out another comment. Um, they said that I think it might have been in the round table. They said there was an interview with some of the um, guys developing Half Life Alex, yeah. and they said they thought about doing Portal, but didn't want to make people puke. Yeah. Which, if we're talking about, uh, yeah, you know, it's the yeah, old. It's, <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, Harry, thank you for listening through my uh, my interview. So, back in 2012, I did my first Oculus Rift demo with a when they mm. just had the the taped together prototypes. It was just you know pushed together with with pieces. And I remember going in to talk to the CEO of Oculus at the time, and he's got a portal gun, like a handcrafted portal gun, oh, wow. uh, sitting on his table. And my very first question was like, oh, you, you, I know you're friends with Valve up there, and you know, are you going to do, what do you think of portal? And he, the very first thing is explained to me, you're going to get sick. Um, yeah. yeah. From, from doing that playing. there is a portal mod i'm pretty sure though is there like it's called like portal stories vr yeah it's not technically, you don't use portals is that right yeah I, I think it does use portals I, I it was a long time since i played it but i think the idea was the portals were controlled so it yeah, wasn't like you not, could put them wherever you like wanted it was like doing they the, were gonna you know, put them in that places that made sense to you stuff yeah, I want to yeah. I want to call it Hollowception because that's kind of a very uh, yeah. portal inspired game, and they've got, got that this same really aesthetic. they've got this very interesting mechanic where you can switch to third person on the fly, and so yeah. if you did it right, you could switch to third person, make a portal over there, make a portal that's, over there, yeah, it's true. and let your third person character run through the portals yep. and not yeah. feel sick that way. Yep. You know yeah. who I think is the big winner in this announcement? Microsoft. Hmm. <laughs> and you're like, huh? What? Okay, follow me down this rabbit hole. Microsoft has a load of low-end headsets sitting around in warehouses, going on clearance. <laughs> they don't know what to do with them. They've got this big... But If I was Microsoft, I would be advertising the heck, those. <laughs> come buy these Windows, these WMR headsets. Buy them, plug them into your pre-existing yeah. computers. Do you want? Do you go. want to play Half-Life? <laughs> well, we right, have an exactly. You. Yeah. Here is your we entry can level. We just about help yeah. you get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can just right. get but they stopped just selling a lot of those. Though, right? So, I mean, like you can't get a lot of them on the Microsoft Store these days. I think you know they're they're a dying breed. So I like I know what you mean. Like as a clearance thing, like a fire sale, if you will. Yeah, fire yeah. sale. It. Yeah. 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 Black Friday. Black Mesa Friday. Yeah, you know, you have a good point, Ian, and I and I want to I want to point this out that um, you know which platform do you want to play this on is important because yeah. what if people are adamant against using Steam? Mm. Like, w- do they have the ability to play the game without having Steam? That doesn't mm. seem like that's going to be a a go. I, I think yeah. that's the one thing you're going to have to install in order to play this game, right? It's going to come from Steam, maybe yeah. down the line. That like that's uh, what Orange Box. So isn't that is, a walled right? garden then? It is a walled garden, and but the the thing is, but, hold on. <sighs> let me take it a step further though. OpenXR, I mean, right? There's there's this uh, cross-platform open system that has been embraced by the entire VR industry so oculus supports it microsoft supports it valve supports it open xr they've all agreed this is the way that hardware and software should interact to produce 
a VR experience for people. The problem mm-hmm. is it's not rolled out broadly and virtually no VR developers support it yet. So mm-hmm. they're going to roll it out more and more and more progressively. But there was an agreement a while back between Microsoft and Valve that I, we don't know the nature of the agreement, but it seems to be around openness on the PC platform. It's an agreement that we're not going to close off certain things. And I, you'd have to really dig into the APIs and the underlying technologies to find out what, you know, what is the what precisely is a closed ecosystem. But it's really hard to call a PC where you can install your own operating system. You can go get your own parts. It's really hard to call a PC a closed system. You cannot do the same thing with a Quest. You cannot Mm -hmm. modify all the hardware and bring your own pieces to have a Quest experience. Yeah. So I do think... Oh, sorry. Go for comments. Go for comments. No, go for comments. I was just saying someone said Samsung Odyssey Plus for 249 is a steal. That's a a Black Friday sale, isn't it? That is a good one, actually. That's a good headset, too. The Odyssey Plus. That's a comfortable headset. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there we go. I do think it's an interesting point, though, because I feel like a lot of what Valve was saying at the start of VR about why it needed to be on Steam VR was that Valve had set its own standards. And again, it's going back to what we were saying about room scale tracking, about hand tracking, about being able to walk around in environments. And I feel like I, well, I'll be really interested to see as Quest gets more powerful and as PSVR becomes more capable with the next iteration of that platform, is that what brings valve back to other ecosystems i you know i do you know it's all speculation on my part but i genuinely believe that if psvr2 is of a high enough standard we'll see half-life alex on psvr2 and now that again that is complete speculation but i genuinely believe that so that's what happened with the orange box right like you were saying you ended up on consoles yeah yeah well let me bring up like gaming this out maybe my readers can point out the, the the viewers can point out why this would never happen but like since psvr and ps4 are sort of uh going away they're you know they're they're aging going to be replaced by something new does it benefit sony at this time to open that up finally could you oper- install other software have steam support on psvr or vice versa having psvr support on a pc like can you officially would it benefit sony to be able to plug in a psvr all I'm, of a sudden I'm, I'm, to a pc i'm going to answer that it would benefit them doesn't mean that they would do it yeah 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 yeah, sony sony is on a on a trend in recent years to control their ecosystem a lot more but and and so this is this is actually a really interesting point is back in the ps3 days you know harry's mentioning the orange box on ps3 the orange box was uh famously a bit of a technical disaster it had worse load times i don't think valve worked on it internally it was you know it was not the right way to play those games whereas on xbox 360 and pc obviously it was fantastic and for a long time that caused a rift between valve who at the time was very much embedded in console development and the ps3 Uh, and then portal 2 came along and the two patched things up and i i might be wrong about this (laughs) yeah so yeah. I, I might be wrong about this, but you know, at the time Sony was on the back foot in the console war, it was doing things to win, you know, its audience back. So it, it presented itself as a very open platform, and there was very heavy integration between PS3 and Steam. With that's right, uh, yeah, you could log in yeah. and everything, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, you could log in. I'm pretty sure you could play with Steam players on PC. So it you was could, one of the yeah, because my I did that examples. with my friend. 
Yeah, that was really it's one of the first examples of crossplay from. And and so then, you know, as Valve has retreated back into its PC ecosystem, and Sony has come out, you know, on the right foot this time with the PS4, and not felt the need to be so open with its ecosystem, which is why there was such controversy around things like, you know, crossplay with Fortnite, for example. That these, you know, that rift between them has grown again. Unfortunately, I will, I will be really fascinated to see if. Half-Life Alex and maybe, you know, Valve's prior stuff is the game that kind of stitches that back up again. And, I, and you know, Half-Life, uh, Valve say, you know, we believe in VR. We are preaching a message of we want VR everywhere. We want it to be as accessible as possible. Is it time for Valve to put their money where their mouth is and put Alex yeah. on PSVR 2 when it's around? I mean, the other thing to consider, right, is that PS5 not coming till holiday 2020. We know yep. that... that- PSVR 2 is not going to launch at the same time, right? That's what the suggestion has been, that it's yep. not exactly the same time. Very, very likely. So that's that going to come, yeah, so it's going to come after that again. So then that's quite a, a distance of time between when it arrives on Steam and if we're saying it's going to come on PSVR 2, let's assume it's not going to come on PSVR. Then yep. you've still got, I mean, by that point, it could be, what, another a, a year or more, probably more, probably a year and a half until PSVR 2 yep. between the release of um, Alex. So I could, that's a reasonable amount of time, at which point Valve could be like, well, we've had our exclusive period. I want to mention the that acquisition of all those studios that have been focused on VR design. So Insomniac is now a PS, uh, a PlayStation, mm, Sony, yep. Sony-owned owned studio, and they yep. made some of the best games for the Oculus Rift platform. Yep. And so there's, there's like a, an acquisition of talent and... Uh, all future content from those people can be made for one specific platform first. And then Microsoft is also employing this strategy where they're acquiring a lot of talent. Uh, what, what was, I, I can't think of all those studios that they acquired at the moment. Uh, in exile. And um, there was, there was one, there was another one. Ninja theory. Did, oh, Ninja theory. Yeah. Obviously released Hellblade yeah. in VR, uh, like a couple of months after they were bought by Microsoft. Actually. And then uh, uh, I want to also mention just, it, it, there's a lot of pressure on Facebook right now to anti-competitive stuff. There's a lot, of, you know, they're they're dealing with politicians telling them that they're uh, a monopoly and should be broken up. And uh, it, I think, it has an effect on whether a company like that wants to make more acquisitions. And yeah. and Apple has that same, and Google have those same kind of criticisms. And so there's a drive internally to kind of build these things up rather than acquire even though they may also need to acquire things. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So I want to bring up an a interesting topic. Is the timing for Valve releasing this game, uh, was it strategic to push folks to go during the holiday season at the end of the year to surely buy up all the stuff you surely, need while it's on surely. sale? I mean, is that an Ask obvious parents, point kids. to make? I am yeah. a Valve Index for Christmas, Mom. That's right. Yeah, (laughs) I I absolutely have to see there being uh, a very clear connection between Vader Immortal Episode three releasing today, (laughs) completing the trilogy. I completely forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. So completing the completing the trilogy that Facebook paid Disney to build and uh, Valve announcing this the same day that you can. Get this game for so free true. if you own their hardware. 
and I completely yeah. forgot about Vader Immortal, so it definitely worked. Yeah, did, did everybody know that this announcement was happening, and that's why other people were announcing stuff today? I mean, we have uh, an kind of real announcement of, as well. Yeah, is it's that, been the week of, of one-upping, right? Because it, it has been. Link, and then it was like, as soon as Link was out, it was like, we're announcing Half-Life on Thursday. So then it was like, yeah, and then obviously there's the Vader Immortal thing, and now they've one-upped that. There's just It's been the week of one-upping, that's for sure. I should mention, yeah. uh, bring up the thing that happened back earlier in the year when when Valve announced yeah. this, right? So uh, I love this story because it's just it, it tells you how much these companies are competing with each other. I'm up at up in Seattle to go see the Valve Index headset for the first time. I don't even know it's called that yet. Um, and I'm sitting in a coffee shop, and the next week, uh, a few days later. Facebook is going to hold their F8 developers conference and they're going to announce a whole lot of stuff. And I know we've, they sort of convey these embargo times to journalists very early and say, okay, you're not allowed to talk about this until this date. And uh, bottom line was that Facebook was going to announce a whole lot of stuff at something like 1030 in the morning yep. re- relative to the Rift S and relative to their next set of headsets and i got an email from valve that said oh we changed our embargo by a day our embargo is now one half hour before facebook's embargo for all of their stuff <laughs> and i didn't tell Pure them coincidence, I, guys. Pure I, coincidence. I, I didn't tell them i didn't i wasn't <laughs> the one that told valve uh when the <laughs> facebook embargo was but yeah. you can see that they are they are trying to one up, uh, up yeah. each other that way yeah, someone else pointed out hey. too. This is all right before Black Friday as well. Like, not only is it, it's like right. you got you got Christmas and everything coming up. You got Black Friday coming up. Um, but yeah, so Razor Bikini pointed that out uh, right before Black Friday. Yeah. yeah, you know the wonderful thing about this, and this is something that I think uh, a lot of people are missing, is that competition drives quality, folks. Mm. We want all these companies to try to one up themselves and yep. one up each other. So we continuously have this growth in the industry. If you look mm-hmm. at all of the different industries, especially tech industries, uh, you know, you can go watch Silicon Cowboys on, you know, streaming on Netflix or Hulu or whatever it was and learn all about Compaq and how Compaq went up against IBM and then going back and forth and one upping each other in, you know, billion dollars later, we've got this booming PC compatible uh, industry yeah. that basically threw IBM and said, you guys are, you guys are done. That's grandpa's pooters. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to buy those things. We're going to get the new stuff. We Grandpa's are seeing right now. Awesome. That's a, that's a phrase I'm not going to forget. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're seeing this evolve now where, uh, valve and Facebook and Microsoft and, you know, uh, who, who knows what other contenders might enter the ring. Uh, it's driving the companies to become cheaper, faster, stronger, yeah. better, Yep, more content. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. Yeah. I, I mean, if you think about it right now, like you're looking at next year. So the, the, you know, valve is the gravity clubs. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so okay. Yeah, we're back. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I was saying, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, three big exclusives, uh, for each of the platforms. Um, yeah. which is one of the, you know, like, uh, I, I can't think of another point in VR where it's been like that. Right. There was the year that Oculus had 12 exclusives, one for every month. And there was nothing really happening on the Vive. And PSVR had a lot of good indie games. There was last year where PSVR had a load of great content, but 
you know, didn't re- I don't think really followed up with it this year. We had Blood and Truth, but not as many great exclusive games. Lots of great games, not a lot of great exclusive games. But in that period next year, we're going to have these three big games each batting for their home team, as it were. And that's probably the first time that's happened in VR, and that's very exciting, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do we so have any more some, comments? Yeah. We've got, yeah, well, we've got some comments in here. You know, Gamertag VR said today was a mental day. Very true. Yo, Gamertag. To be honest. What up, Gamertag? Mental week, Gamertag, to be honest. Not just a, he's saying Questmas as well. Yeah, it's, it's, I think the quest can be a big push. One thing I wanted to go through is just we've got some uh, comments from articles they put out before the announcement. So before today, just some comments people have made based on, you know, speculation. And once they kind of made that initial announcement, that they were going to announce the game. So, uh, VR Forever said, let me just take a moment to cry some tears of joy, please. I think that was also uh, Jamie crying some tears of joy this week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Fox Revolution said, I'm expecting something like Opposing Force or Blue Shift. Considering Barney was the star of the latter, I'm assuming it will be closer to Blue Shift. If I remember correctly, there were rumors of an Alex expansion a long time ago. Maybe this is what it became. So Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting point, really. I mean, we we have heard in some form or, of an, or another for years that there would be an Alex-based Half-Life game. The, the, I, mm. And I'm sure some of the times we heard it, it was true, and some of the times people were completely making it up. Obviously, the big thing was, uh, about this time last year, yes, we broke the story that you know uh, Valve was making a Half-Life game to bundle with the leaked pictures of the Index headset we saw. Um, the question of how long this has been in development as a focused project is a really interesting one. Yeah, yeah. And then Firestorm185 uh, also commented, excited to see the way they portray the cutscenes in this game, which mm. is interesting. Cause well, I guess, yeah. I mean, Half-Life, be Half-Life, the thing about Half-Life 1 and 2 is you never left Gordon's body. There were no yeah. cutscenes, there were story moments, but it was, you know, the originator of the idea that you were in your body the entire time and people were looking at you, speaking to you, and you were a physical character in that world so the idea of how they handle that going forward in vr and how you interact with other characters is absolutely fascinating probably the thing i'm most excited to see in the game to be honest am i right in in assuming that while you're always in his body it would sometimes like lock you to look a certain way or whatever so that they could do things in front of you Uh, i guess in in very very rarely there'd be stuff like maybe like gordon would be like he'd get captured or something or maybe yeah. like there was a transition of him getting into a car and, you know, you'd have that kind of GTA kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. swooping yeah. movement. But yeah, and like most of the time, if you move the mouse, Gordon's head moved. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Interesting. And then the last comment, last pre-announcement comment we had was Adrian Mayer saying, I imagine it will be Thursday will be the day that I decide to upgrade to the index controllers from my Vive Ones. Mm. And yeah, I imagine that'll be the case with people. I think that's a lot of people. Yep. Yeah. And with Boneworks coming right around the corner, that's a perfect fit it's for true, having their hands yeah, on Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. Yeah. Don't you have to update your uh, Vive uh, boxes if you get the Knuckles? Or No, no you, you don't. don't. Okay, no. good stuff. Good to know. Yeah. 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 Okay. Should we talk yeah. about the content of the um, trailer for a bit? Jamie, you're probably the best one to not just dump it on you, but you're the, you're the Half-Life aficionado. <laughs> Some of the content of what we saw in the trailer. Were, were, you, were you happy as a Half-Life fan? Yeah, I, I think I was really happy with a Half-Life fan. Do you know, it it was interesting. It, it looked a, a lot closer to Half-Life 2 than I was expecting, given that it's set before the events of Half-Life 2 and after, obviously after the events of Half-Life 1. And in terms of setting, those games are dramatically different. So mm. at the end of the day, I guess I didn't really know what to expect um, from the setting. We know that, you know, in, in Half-Life 1, you fight 
an alien race from a planet called the Zen. And then in Half-Life 2, another alien race called the Combine arrives. Um, and, you know, they kind of take over the world in a very, you know, totalitarian, authoritarian way. And, you know, people are enslaved and it's a very miserable life for people. And Gordon Freeman at the end of Half-Life 1 disappears for, a, you know, uh, I think it's a 20-year gap between the two games. Um, and then comes back at the start of Half-Life 2 and there's a resistance set up against the Combine and they're all enormously relieved to see Gordon because he's this big legendary figure. So this game is going to be set in that it's gap where Gordon Freeman is missing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you'll be playing as Alex, who is a companion to Gordon um, in Half-Life 2, spends much of the game uh, with Gordon. I, I wrote an article uh, earlier this week uh, that was kind of giving a kind of a, a background to the character and why she was such a, a groundbreaking NPC for the time. She was very emotive in ways that we hadn't really seen in games before. She was helpful in combat in ways we hadn't really seen in the game before. She was just a you know a generally really great presence to have, which was not something you were incredibly used to having with NPCs in gaming for the time, right? So now the idea of going back into Alex's shoes without Gordon, I really wonder what that's going to do for the tone of Half-Life. I think from that trailer, we saw a very kind of survival-based uh, tone, you know, scavenging for supplies as she pushed it, uh, pushed it around, uh, pushed the items on the desk around. It was a really interesting point in the trailer where she places her hand into what seems to be like a healing station, right? And, the, yeah. and then she's using the other free hand to shoot uh, zombies, which uh, or headcrabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, as I was just saying, yeah, it's an incredibly bleak time in the Half-Life universe. You know, Gordon's not around to save the day. Uh, Alex and her father are going to be establishing this resistance to the Combine, and we know, you know, based on the other two games, they have a long way to go before they see any kind of success with that movement. Um, and also, you know, like one of the really interesting things is the last. Half-Life game 12 years ago ended on a really tragic and really bleak point, which obviously we won't see explored in this game because it's going to be a prequel to that. But I'm really interested to see if by the end of the game, those final moments in Half-Life 2 Episode 2 will have a lot more potency. So there's, there's even though it's a prequel, there is, uh, there's so much stuff they can do with it that I, I, I really can't wait to see, uh, especially now that it's in VR and they're going to be diving into you know VR storytelling techniques, like where mm -hmm. they go with it, basically. Yeah. All right, let's go over here. Ian, final thoughts on One and a Half Life. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, index, if you've earned enough. So get a quest so that you can enjoy a standalone VR experience and then slowly yeah. upgrade by getting a link <laughs> and a PC to, to do it. Or if you really want Boneworks right now and you want the best possible feeling of immersion, going into VR for hours at a time without having a headache, I, I got to say the Index is a great system. It's just very expensive, and it's really hard to say that that $600 gap between those two devices is worth it for <laughs> it's, it's going to be different for every single person, whether that yeah. gap is worth it. And I, I think there's a lot of people out there, it is definitely worth it, but there's definitely a lot of people out there that need the Windows Mixed Reality system uh, because they don't have the dollars to get into VR, mm. uh, just like everyone else. Excellent. Harry, any last thoughts from you, and then we'll have you see if there's anything in the chat. For me, no, I'm enjoying, going to enjoy playing the game when it comes out, probably via Link, because that's the, the way I've been doing everything. Um, got to catch up on my Half-Life before that, I think, too, you know, go through the, the history, because I was quite young when they came out. So <laughs> go back through, but I'm looking forward to it coming out. Um, some other comments from people. 
people saying, uh, Hussein said, I'm sure Half-Life 2 is available in Vorpix 2. I think I have read that as well. Oh, that's true. Um, mm-hmm. And then some other people just saying, you know, Matt's saying thank you. James saying, praying they'll eventually get to Half-Life 3. Well, we hope so. Donuts doesn't ever hope so. I think that'd be the Only way. if it's in VR. Mm-hmm. It's in VR. Oh, <laughs> you just that, made a lot of people very annoyed. Have you thought yeah, about that? I didn't think about that. What if Half-Life, they, they build up so many fans that they build Half-Life 3 and it isn't in VR. Are people going to be pissed then too? Well, yes. I don't think so. The answer yeah, to that question will always be yeah. yes. There will always be a group of people pissed. Very true. It's about whatever true. happens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Razor Bikini pointed out, which, you know, respect to you for mentioning Australia, Index is also still <laughs> unavailable in many regions like here in Australia, which is true. You can't get it in Australia. I've, I've seen things on Reddit of people having to ship indexes through America to get them here. But hot topic, it is now available in Canada as of this morning. There you go. That, uh, Ra- Razor so, Bikini. That's a sharp. Razor. That's a sharp name. I like that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Know. So, uh, but I imagine surely you would think that index availability would start to roll out in more regions uh, now. I mean, as as I said, now it's available in Canada from this morning. So, yeah. Huh. But there we go. Jamie, final words and thoughts on Half Life, Alex. Uh, we will probably look back at today as a monumental day in VR, and I know that's overhyping things, but this. I get the genuine, I get the tingles, man. Mm -hmm. More than, you know, more than any other game before it, more than Medal of Honor, more than Vader Immortal, more than, you know, No Man's Sky and, you know, Skyrim and everything before that. This, I hope, I feel this is the one. That that got me inspired. I I gotta say, like, (laughs) there, there are, there are only two companies that have really invested in VR long term, and that's Facebook, Oculus, and Valve. Other companies, Microsoft, that they're I'm betting Sony. on AR. So sorry, Sony. Sorry, Sony is. I'm yeah. sorry. You're right. Three, three, yeah. ah, yes. three. Sorry, Sony is re- is really there too. It's just it's a. Yeah. So there's Why three different ecosystem. And I and I think yeah. it's it's a bummer that Sony doesn't talk more. Isn't like they're not out there in the community as much as the other companies. I, I think they, yeah. they fund their games. They do their thing. Yeah. But I, I just want to say, thank you. Like when we look back on this and people th- feel those tingles and, and you just got to respect the investment of those three companies, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they really did a bet and it's going to pay off in a lot of hours of fun for a lot of people. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think, that we all agree that the VR tingles. I can feel it. I can feel it. I'm shaking <laughs> yeah, in my boots. My my headset. It's it's buzzing. Or that <laughs> might nice. just be the haptic feedback broken again. Uh, it's exciting to know that Half Life Alex is coming out. Valve is doing their part. Uh, one of the big contributors to growing the VR industry. It's very exciting. And so uh, thank you to all of you who are here on the panel today to talk about this amazing news. And for those of you who are watching or listening or however you're consuming this content, go to uploadvr.com. Read all of the wonderful articles that these folks have written for you to be informed and entertained. Also check out our YouTube channel for all sorts of fun stuff. And, uh, you know, subscribe, like, join. Watch, watch the Holiday VR Showcase next week. Go yeah, for it. Why don't you tell them about it? Uh, what, what, Go and yeah. see next week, Wednesday, uh, 9 a.m. PT, 12 p.m. ET, 5 p.m. UK time. Watch the Holiday VR Showcase. We're going to have a bunch of really cool new looks at really cool VR indie games. Uh, it's a little smaller than our E-Pre VR Showcase, but it's still going to be fun. You're going to see a lot of cool stuff coming in 2020, a lot of cool stuff coming even sooner than 2020. 
Um, and yeah, it will definitely be worth checking out. So yeah, please be here for that. Oh, and also yeah. tomorrow we have. Oh, I've forgotten about that, and then it just suddenly came to my mind. Sure. We have a yeah. uh, culture <laughs> show, the second episode of our VR culture show, which is our uh, new kind of monthly, semi-regular show where we go through some of the best non-gaming experiences in VR. Uh, we've got a really great show lined up for you this time. We're going to be looking at like a virtual haptic flight machine that I went to see in London. Uh, we're going to go look at a bunch of really cool experimental things that are looking for investment. And we're going to look at a pair of hand tracking gloves. So definitely tune into that. That's going to be a lot of cool stuff in that. All right. Mm. Fantastic. I think that'll do it for this episode, this special one and a half life episode. Uh, thank you to everybody who watched and listened, and we will see you in the future. Music